You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's the Score North Twin Show. Yeah, boys. Let's pump it up around here. We have Twins Playoff Baseball for the first time in three years. And Twins Playoff Baseball in front of an actual full stadium for the first time since 2019. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow at Target Field. And a game one this time. And so, because in 19, they came back down 0-2. And it was still a full stadium, but it wasn't like the start, you know, like this is blank canvas. Yeah, baby. Yeah. I mean, when's the last time they hosted game one? 2010. Was it 10? Against the Yanks? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they got beat. uh, Is that the Granderson triple? I think that was the Granderson triple. The bases clearing triple. Heck of a player. I always liked him. Get the willies thinking about all those those Yankees. No, don't uh, think about them. Don't think about Purge them right now. Size the demons. We did a little exorcism exercise. Dex got his mustache. I shaved. I asked the bri- I asked the my fiance, my bride to be. I said, "I'm going to shave a mustache." I was going to bed last night, and she's like, "Why?" I said, "Because <laughs> the twins married. are in the playoffs, and I haven't had one before for the twins in the playoffs. I'm trying all the new juju I can to make this happen." I said, "I said, Worse, I think this is going to work." Yeah, I do. It's it's and it, and if they this will be on for as long as they are in the playoffs. I'm on record as saying. There are some people who a stash, such as myself, looks super creepy on. I think the Declan stash is good. It probably works the best out of all of us. Yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't, you don't look, it I looks did, fine. I did have to trim it. I went into bed, and then I, like, I got a Snapchat. I looked at my phone, and I could tell one end was, like, a little longer than the other. And then I had to grab the, I had to wake up the, I'd be like, hey, is this, is this uneven? She was like. <laughs> up in her, up in her yeah. face. Is oh, this God. uneven? Honey. Hey, honey, is this a little? She was like, "Yeah, it, pull out it the is." Tape She's like, "Go away, yeah, it's uneven." But not even giving a really good look. It's like, yeah, it's uneven. Go fix it. But like, I don't care. Go. Welcome to get, marriage. Go away. Welcome to marriage. It only gets worse from here. Jeez, Judd's just a ball of sunshine today. By the oh, way, no, he spent I'm the whole out. purple daily live stream just complaining about not. the Vikings. That's not true. Declan I gave you a pie chart of praise that was very positive. Can you be positive for a second about Park Tavern? And oh, we had God, a blast yeah. there yeah, yesterday. That was our first Vikings watch party of the year. Uh, a bunch of you turned out to, at first it was kind of commiserating about the Vikings, but then they won the game. So it was a blast. Park Tavern in St. Louis Park, just a great spot for uh, for group gatherings and anything that you're uh, looking to do socially. Really. Absolutely true. And we, we spent the game or the day in the back room, which is their 11th frame, but it's attached to a patio that's not just a patio now. It's basically two patios in one. It's a huge space, and uh, Park Tavern, bowling, great food, great drinks, specials as well. But here is the key. If you are looking to set up a group, and I'm talking a big group, I'm not talking a small group. If you are are going to arrange an anniversary party, a birthday, whatever, Park Tavern is the place to go. Uh, For them, this is as simple as it gets. All they need is enough time to set things up. But Park Tavern, they are the pros when it comes to 
uh, groups such as the, the one that we put in the 11th frame yesterday, which was a ton of people. Guess what? Comfortable, fun, great environment. Uh, go to parktavern.net or you can give them a call, 952-929-6810. Parktavern.net is the site. It will give you all of the information that you need, but our friends Cheryl and Phil at Park Tavern, they do a fantastic job. They would love to see you and your group. And again, we're talking real big groups at Park Tavern, Louisiana at Louisiana Avenue South in St. Louis Park. Easy for me to say. Boys, let's uh, let's go through. So it is our Monday State of the Twins here. This will be probably our last State of the Twins until we get to whatever we do in the off season. We've done this every week going back to the we really we did this actually on the Mackie and Judd show until we relaunched the Scorner Twin show about three months ago. So we'll give you kind of one final snapshot. And then I have some questions for you about the upcoming series against the Blue Jays. And then uh, we're also going to do a little bit of a dive back into the uh, the exorcism realm here. I have done some digging into the 0 and 18 that I'd like to share with you guys. Mm -hmm. But the overall snapshot is the twins are 87 and 75 to finish the season. So it looked for a while there like uh, there might be a division winner here that barely ekes above 500. They wind up finishing 12 games over 500. It's a better record than they had in 1987. So it's not not as embarrassing to win a division with 87 wins. Uh, the Twins offense finishes the season 10th in runs scored per game. So they finished with, because of the second half surge, a top 10 offense. And then third in run prevention defensively and pitching. So a top three run prevention unit in a top 10 offense for the whole season. Baseball reference gives the Twins a 6% chance to win the World Series, and Fangraphs gives the Twins a 2% chance to win the World Series. I don't know why they have such a wide discrepancy there. So my first question for you guys is, the Blue Jays are coming to town. Their fans travel pretty well, so we'll, we'll probably see a bunch of Blue Jays fans inside Target Field. What are you most confident in on behalf of the Twins going into this series? Go ahead, Dex. The pitching. I think the pitching is really damn good. And at first, I had an initial fear of, of Kevin Gausman because he's been rested and he'll be their game one starter. And then I realized, actually, Sportsnet helped me realize this. Yeah. Uh, the Twins have roughed him up really well in like the last 11 starts. Like He has a bad ERA against the Twins. Um, so even though you're getting you know the rested staff ace for a team, which wouldn't be the case against Houston, wouldn't have probably been the case against Texas, you actually now are back going your way into Toronto. And even though their staff ace has been rested, you have also bopped him pretty good. So I'm confident in the Twins pitching, but I'm also confident that the Twins don't have to dig themselves a hole in game one and have to climb out of it like they would if they had to face a, a potentially really good pitcher on the other side. So I'm I'm confident in game one, man. I, I really think the Twins can take control of this series early, and then you have two other chances to obviously move on to the ALDS. So I, I think the Twins get off to a hot start, and I'm confident in that. To Dex's point, uh, Gosman, 11 career starts against the Twins. One and one, six thirty-five ERA, and in ten innings this year, seven runs against and nine walks. So yes, he's yeah. definitely struggled against the Twins. He's right, because he doesn't throw that that split-fingered fastball that he throws or that sinker, whatever you want to call it. If you can just identify it somehow and not, he's not trying to throw that for a strike all the time. He's trying to get you to chase and swing him. I think he has the best strikeout rate in the league because hitters yeah. chase that pitch in the mm -hmm. dirt. So I don't know if he tips pitches and the Twins have picked it up or if they're that just the really rumor. good at laying off that right. or what it is. Yeah, because they, they hammered him in um, Toronto last year. And you're right. They thought that he was tipping pitches or that the Twins 
picked up on something in particular. I forgot about that until you just mentioned Sometimes that. what will happen is Tori Hunter sort of talked about this one time, I think on our 1500 ESPN show when we were at spring training like seven years ago, that sometimes the, the sinker ball pitchers or the split finger pitchers, their glove will flare a little bit when they're digging for that pitch. I love this stuff. That's why they try to start like the sequence with that grip so that if they have to move off, if the catcher gives a, you know, some other pitch, you can move off of it. But if you're trying to dig for it, your glove flares because you're like, you're in there. Trying to, you know. I wonder if Gosman will call the game himself with pitch gum then. Maybe. Because if he calls the game, he doesn't need to have an adjustment because he'll be telling the catcher what, what he's going to throw him as opposed to getting the signal. And can, I, sign. can I make an assumption here that even though Toronto does travel incredibly well, in fact, I even made a case the last time they were in town that I had like one of the best times in my life at Target Field like six years ago when I, the Toronto Blue Jays oh, yeah, came to town. Yeah, that was a great time. Um, that if the playoff tickets were snagged up by the Twins, I'm not saying there's going to be no Blue Jays fans there because there will be Blue Jays fans there. I don't think it's going to be a normal down the third baseline, two full sections of blue like it is for the home regular season home games. Like, I don't think it's okay, going to be yeah. as man. Like, it's not going to be all Canada on the left side of Target Field. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, but a lot of Twins fans are probably going to try and, like, if I can make, you know, 50 bucks on top of my, uh, if I can make a profit off these tickets, how married am I to, like, That's a true. wild card game one? That's it's true. really, a, it'll be a supply and demand game, but there will be a lot of Blue Jays fans. They'll find their way in. And there's always tickets available StubHub and whatever, but you're right. It's not going to be like, oh, there's fifteen thousand seats open like in a regular season game. Right. They'll have to go pay a premium price on StubHub. Yep. All right, okay. Judd, I, most confident. I'm going to um, piggyback off what Dex said and take it to a certain area, and that is, I'm most confident actually in the bullpen. I love what they've done. I love the fact that they have uh, uh, retooled it. Varland out out there now. Maeda out there now. Um, I think my biggest problem in 19 and 20 was the guys that they brought in immediately after the starters were ordinarily like head scratching. Whoa, are you sure that, that you want this guy in now? Um, I don't see nearly as much of that as a possibility. I think that they knock on wood that they've learned from that. And so what they've done to prepare themselves from a bullpen standpoint and not, and not to say, you know what, we these guys did a heck of a job. Let's just reward them. They basically have made some very, I think, uh, proactive moves. So the bullpen actually gives me confidence. Duran at the end scares me a little bit because he's become a bit of a wild card at times. But the overall construction of the bullpen, I'm actually far more confident in than being skeptical. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... I don't know if they had great foresight or if they have just sort of lucked their way into, hey, some guys are coming back. Louis Varland took to the, did they have this vision for Louis Varland all along? That's my question. Did they have, Probably not. did they know that Brock Stewart was going to perfectly align in his rehab track, you know, into late September? So whether it's partially luck or just, hey, we got a, we got six guys. If four of them come back, we're going to be fine you do feel much better about the options and the velocity that some of these guys are throwing as relievers versus starters than maybe two months ago. I feel like the Varland move doesn't get made by the 2019 or 20 twins. Well, I don't know if they even had a guy like that. Right, but I'm saying like at that point in time, I don't know. I, I just really like the, the fact that they identified a kid that throws hard and said, okay, 
what can we do that might alter his trajectory a bit, but can help us? Yeah. And, yeah. and I would, there's a lot of names that you could throw out as bullpen possibilities that I'm more comfortable with Varlin being out there than them. The thing I'm most confident in is a little bit of an if, because we need to find out 10 a.m. tomorrow, I believe, is when the playoff roster has to be submitted. And we will be live on the Score North YouTube channel after every Twins playoff game with a Twins vent line here, Score North Twin Show Twins vent line. So we'll, we'll bring fans out of the show just like we do for, uh, for Vikings vent line. We'll do the same thing for Twins vent line. Um, if Carlos Correa is healthy enough to be on the roster after the, the full tear of, uh, of the tissue in his foot, I think the thing I'm most confident in is playoff Carlos Correa. So he has 334 career postseason plate appearances, which is a lot. That's uh, 79 games in the postseason. His OPS is 25 points higher in the postseason. Actually, 30. 30 points higher in the postseason. His slugging percentage is 40 points higher in the postseason. He just sort of shows up. And by the way, in the wild card in ALDS rounds, he has a slugging percentage of 600 and an OPS over 1,000 in the first two rounds of the playoffs. Nice. He's very good as the playoffs progress. He is incredible in the wild card and division series rounds in his career to this point. So if his foot feels as good as it's felt since the beginning of the season and he's going to be on this roster, you might be adding, instead of having like a 60% version of Carlos Correa, which you've had all year, you might be adding like the full... October playoff Carlos Correa to this thing starting tomorrow. I love that. And I could see it because he, so the thing that I'll give him credit for, and I, I was among the chief critics of when he was not producing at the plate, but the thing that just from a starting chief, chief point, haters, chief haters, chief, chief hater. But the thing that I will, that I will credit him for, and I feel like people don't hear this because they just hear the, criticism is just from a starting point him at shortstop is huge and in the playoffs it's bigger so just him playing shortstop um and before you put that down and say oh how what don't forget Jorge Polanco trying to play shortstop against the Astros played a key role in what the game two loss back in 2020 so Carlos Correa makes plays that we take for granted but they are not easy plays and Carlos Correa in a in a playoff game in the field alone will make a play or two um, that will look simple, be taken for granted, and some guys would throw the ball away. Some guys wouldn't make the play. But yes, I I could easily see him. He definitely could be the type of, of guy. And his statistical pass fill to your point here speaks to that. Definitely be the type of guy who, when the pressure gets on, actually thrives. Because yeah. yeah, so that makes perfect sense. Because he has throughout his entire yep. career, you know, including by the way the two wild card games against the Twins in 2020 when he hit one of the big home runs in one of those games. Uh, it was only like you know a two game sample size, but he was great in that series too. Mm-hmm. So if if we get that version of Carlos Correa, let's rock and roll. Okay, give me something. Uh, the the main thing that you are the most nervous or anxious about on behalf of the Twins. It's another what if. But with Toronto, so their offense has actually kind of staggered after being one of the best in baseball last season. Like yeah. Vlad Guerrero is is he had a fine season, twenty six bombs, but OPS is seven eighty eight. 
Matt Chapman, who was one of the best hitters in baseball last year, he got he was off to a pretty rough start. Didn't have a great 2023 campaign. George Springer, probably put in the same camp as Correa, right? Like, he's had a down offensive season, but when he's been in the playoffs, he's a very, very good postseason hitter. Is there a sleeping giant in that Blue Jays lineup? Like, I, I think people probably even still look at the Blue Jays lineup and say that, hey, one, if they just need one series to get hot, and they can obviously take over a series no problem with all the pop in the middle of their lineup. Now, on paper, again, they've had slow starts from their core players in that lineup, but is it a sleeping giant? Are they going to wake up at the absolute uh, inopportune time for the twin side, and then they can yeah. take over a ball game? I think it's more of a what if uh, from from the Blue Jays side. Yeah, because if you if you look at all the names in that lineup, even like Brandon Belt, right? It's it's a bunch of names that have had really good track records and careers. Some of them, George Springer's one of them, might be getting a little closer to the wrong side of their prime. Like Springer's probably thirty two or thirty three mm-hmm. at this point. But if you get the best version of all of these names that you recognize in a series, it's a problem. Like if if the best version of Vlad Jr. and Bo Bichette quit Merrifield, who Twins fans remember when he was with the Royals for all those years. If you get the best version of all these hitters, that lineup is incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. But right. they haven't really had that all season. So it's, it's t- if you're that lineup, it's time to go. It would be these next couple games or... Or never. Jed, what about you? And away we effing go. Um, my, mine mm-hmm. is this. And look, the second half says this is not going to be a problem, but until I see it resolved in the playoffs, I'm sort of a wait and see right now. It's the Twins bats. Now, the Twins bats since the All-Star break have, have been great. But to go back, for all we blame pitching for the playoff woes, the reality is in recent playoff appearances, the bats have shut down. The bats have shut down, and that includes 2019, which was a historic. Now, it was definitely a different construction as far as uh, the bats went and the roster went, but that was a prolific, at the time, the most prolific home run team of all time, and the bats shut down. So until I see the Twins actually come out and score runs and look like, you know what, we are going to keep the train going uh, from what we started right after the All-Star break, my biggest concern is that because I feel like we sleep on that at times that that has been a fundamental problem of this team, and it's a reason, a big one, at least recently in the 18 game losing streak. I'm going to piggyback off Judd's actually because I think a reason for the bats maybe hibernating here this week, if if they do, would be the Blue Jays bullpen. So on paper, you look and you say, okay, they got Jordan Romano, who's one of the better closers in baseball. And then, like, they acquired uh, Jordan Hicks at the deadline in a trade. Yep. There's not, like, that many other names in that bullpen. But here's the here's the thing that could be a little kryptonite for the Twins lineup. The Blue Jays have four relievers who average more than 10 strikeouts per nine innings. So they have some big-time strikeout relievers. And the Twins are the most prolific strikeout team in baseball history. Mm-hmm. So Blue Jays strength playing to Twins weakness. And then uh, the Twins also have a lot of left-handed hitters, right? Well, the Blue Jays have a lefty named Tim Meza who has a 1.38 earned run average this season. So they've got that lefty that they can bring in if they need. All right, we got Walner, we got Kepler <laughs> Walner coming up. Situational master. Yeah, and you could stagger your lineup because, you know, Tim Meza has to face at least three batters unless he's finishing an inning. Right. So you don't have to stack a bunch of lefties. It'll be interesting to see what the lineup construction is. You know, if you've got a right-handed starting pitcher and you load some lefties up, but then like 
Tim Mazza can kind of pick his inning to to face three straight lefties, but you got pinch hitting options too. So there's a chess match to be played here in the later innings, but that, that bullpen has some strikeout prowess and an interesting lefty to deploy against this lineup. So um, I was just kind of going through some of the other things too with, with these blue Jays. So fan gives the blue Jays oddly, I think, because they're a wildcard team, the second best odds of any American league team to win the world series. And that's despite going through the wild card round. So they've give, they, they give the Astros the best chance of any American League team to win the World Series. They won their division. Uh, Blue Jays have, so Astros are, I think, 9% or 10%, and the Blue Jays are 7%. The best odds are coming from the National League, where you've got the Braves at like 25%. And um, the Orioles have to love this, though. Yeah, the Ori- no, everyone's kind of looking at the Orioles waiting for yeah. the downfall, but they just. Played this way for six months, largely. So I think what, what Fangraphs is saying as an analytical platform is the Blue Jays are a much better team than their record and place in the standings indicates. But again, like if they don't wake up in the next two or three games, then it doesn't really matter. So um, let's shout out a couple more friends here before we keep it. We got an immaculate grid coming up here. Um our friends at Livia are helping a lot of Purple Daily listeners and Score North listeners here. Score North Twin Show lose weight going into this fall, Judd. In fact, I talked to uh, someone who came to our draft party at Park Tavern yesterday, and he said, Judd, oh. you turned me on to the program, and if you are watching right now, you see Sports Dad lost 40 pounds a couple of years ago. He said Livia actually has helped him drop more than 100 pounds. More than 100 pounds. You looked absolutely great. I'm like, dude, congratulations, because that's a lot of work. But you know what? It's just more proof, and a lot of people in um, who watch Score North know this. It's more proof that Livia works. And right now, special offer is this, three months for free. That's right. You join now. You're going to get three months for free on a program that has been voted the best weight loss program in the state for three consecutive years now. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-L-I-V-E-A. Livia.com, inside or outside the state it works, because if you are a, a Score North uh, Twin Show fan in, I don't know, California, guess what? It can all be done virtually. That's right. It's that simple. It's a program that absolutely works. It's not a diet. You can still live your, your life. It's a lifestyle change, but they're going to help you with it. Livia.com. Also, a shout out to our friend at, uh, friends at Summit Orthopedics. So if you're a baseball player and you're dealing with some pain and you may or may not be able to be on the postseason roster, we recommend Byron. go to Summit Orthopedics. Byron! <laughs> There's a number of guys that might fit this category. Knees, shoulders, hips, back, whatever it may be. Summit Orthopedics can help you. No referrals are needed. They offer same-day appointments. And uh, they also offer orthopedic urgent care starting at 8 o'clock in the morning, seven days a week, 25 locations across the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota. Learn more at summitortho.com, summitortho.com. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Uh, I did a very sadistic thing over the weekend here, inspired by that YouTube documentary that we talked about at the end of last week. I was even DMing with, I believe you pronounce his name, Chris uh, Chris Hanel, 
Chris Hanel, H-A-N-E-L. He's the creator of this YouTube documentary. It's like 90 minutes, the 0-18 playoff streak, and he goes through each and every game. He goes through the math. Hey, the Twins had this percentage chance to win this game in the eighth when they had a two-run lead and Joe Nathan was on the mound. And then he took the peak win, like the peak win percentage of each of those games. And he did the math and came out that for you to lose all 18 games would be 69 billion to one odds, which is classic Minnesota sports. And so I went through and I found the five games where they had the best chance to win. And I just want to run these by you guys for uh, exorcism's sake here. Okay. Let's, let's stare at the streak here just like these Twins players are doing. Let's smoke it out. Let's not ignore it. This streak has been in our lives for two decades. There's generations of Twins fans that are coping with this. They've had five games where they've had an 80% chance or better to win at some point in the streak, which is incredible. Like, hey, uh, eight times out of 10, you win this game. And then nine times out of 10, you win this game. For you to lose all five of these games and then 13 more. Mm Mm-hmm. So the first game of the streak was the 2004 ALDS Game 2 where they had an 88% chance to win after Torrey Hunter's home run in the top of the 12th inning. And then in the bottom of the 12th inning, A-Rod hits a game-tying RBI double and uh, Hideki Matsui hits the game-winning single to right field. Series tied at one. Yep. And that was the last time the Twins, like the game before that was the last time the Twins won a, a playoff game. <laughs> Uh, later in that same series, game four, the game? Twins had a 97%. You were at that game? I was in right field bleachers, left field bleachers, left field bleachers. So then you remember, Dex, when yep. the Twins had a 97% chance to win after Grant Balfour retired Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez to end the top of the seventh inning, and preserving a 5-1 to one lead for the Twins. Or Juan Rincon, right? Was it Juan Rincon? Uh, was it Juan Rincon? I think it was Juan Rincon. Yeah, yeah. Ruben Sierra. Ruben Sierra. Did you catch that home run ball by Ruben Sierra? No, I believe he hit that to the right field over the baggie. It was. It was a okay. bomb. Yeah. Absolute bomb. Three-run bomb. That was Yankees rallied for four runs in the eighth, capped by a Sierra three-run bomb, <gasps> and then the Twins went on this to is, lose that game. This is painful for Declan. 2009 ALDS Game 2. Twins had a 92% chance to win headed into the ninth inning with a 3-1 to lead at Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. And that's when Joe Nathan gave up a two-run bomb to Alex Rodriguez. I believe the Phil Cuzzy play then happened in extra innings. Joe Maurer should have had a leadoff double. And then Mark Teixeira walked it off with a bomb against Jose Mahares. Oh, yeah. Remember that guy? Oh, Jose sweating Mahares. constantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That dude could Save sweat. that name for, for a yeah, I grid. played for anyone else, but I, I should look that Rich up. Garces did, and he also sweated profusely. Denny, uh, Denny Reyes. Dennis Reyes also oh, Danny sweated. Reyes. Oh, big Reyes. sweater. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. 2010 ALDS Game 1, 89% chance to win with a 3-0 lead in the sixth inning at Target Field. And that's when Francisco Liriano sort of hit a wall. Curtis Granderson also hit a wall with a ringing triple that cleared the bases to put the Yankees head. And then the 2017 wildcard game, the AL wildcard game, the Twins had an 81% chance to win that game after they chased Luis Severino in the first inning with home runs by Brian Dozier and Eddie Rosario. He, so he leaves that game, and you have an 81% chance to win. Right now, and then the, bombs away. Dex would, would prefer to be in a dentist chair. Just watching the look on Declan's face is the most priceless bit of this exercise. 
We need to stare at this streak. We need to he acknowledge it. To stare at it. We need to not fear it. Yep. We need to. We need to swim in it. We need to feel it, yep. and we need to not be afraid of the streak. Splash anymore, around. Okay? Yeah, no question. Don't feel anxiety. I feel like I feel we're all just like walking on eggshells yeah, around this thing. Right. No. Right. The twin. The, and I love it, man. Like even more players have been asked about it in Colorado, and like uh, Kyle Farmer was asked about it again. They're like, yeah, I mean. We acknowledge it. Yeah. We acknowledge it. Roman Reigns style. And they've been told. Let's go end it. And it feels like they've been told now, you don't act like you don't know, which I actually like. From a PR perspective, it is disrespectful to fans to either act like you don't know yeah. or to brush it off like it's not your own. If you put a Twins uniform on, it's yours. it is yours to own now. Yeah. And, and, and you can either sort of lean into it, you can accept it, and take pride in ending it. That's what that Red Sox team did in say. 2004, yeah. right? They mm-hmm. said... It is. Okay, we weren't alive 86 years ago, but you know what? We are Red Sox right now. Let's rip some whiskey shots and go beat the Yankees. Yeah. And they go win the World Series. They owned it. Mm -hmm. Maybe the Twins need whiskey shots, I guess. Because it didn't scare them. That's partially why I think Correa can help for sure here, but that's why I go back to Royce Lewis is so important to me because he's not going to pretend at all like he will... I think he's he is that rare person that actually likes stuff like this. Like he's like, yeah, put it on me. I want to end this. Like that's a hard thing to do. Um, but yeah, the more that you own it, and the more that if you can have a guy or two though that really like embraces the challenge, mm-hmm. that's my favorite. You know, Puckett loved that's- Puckett loved that stuff. Puck loved it because he laughed. He laughed and said, "You know what? I'm so good. I don't really care." Yeah, I think they've got some of those guys. I think Sonny Gray falls in that category. I think Pablo Lopez actually kind of falls into that category, too. It's kind of a bulldog. Yeah. Uh, Royce Lewis, for sure. Carlos Correa, you know, one of the best postseason performers of the last 20 years. So let's stare at it. Let's embrace it. Let's hug it. Let's massage it. Jack, you want to stare at it? Nope. Do you want to hug it? I haven't even watched that documentary because I'm not ready for it. Yeah, I I don't want to watch it. You're part of the problem, Declan. This <laughs> whole no. anxiety I'm vibe not, that you're giving no, I'm up. Not, I'm not going to go back part of the and problem right that. here. I'm not going to be a red. I love him. No, I'm not going to go back and rewatch that yet. Can't do it. Yeah, this right here. This so is the, this is win, the, you will? the meek, fearful attitude no. that Minnesota fans perpetuate you know what, and boys? permeate throughout stadiums. Right here. Get on my back. Get on my back because I'm going to carry this team. That's what I want. Oh, go, out, go out and win the damn game. I don't need to watch documentary over it. Go out and win the game. <laughs> That's fine too. That's what That's I want, and I'm, and I'm not not crap on you for watching it. That's fine oh. if you want to watch it. I'm not going to go down and watch it. Can't do it yet. I love your passion. I got to admit, I love you, your passion. Are you guys ready for an immaculate grid here to yeah. close out this uh, playoff preview yeah. show? I'm okay. Excited. Yeah. Let me talk to you. I love playoff baseball. Playoff baseball is great. Let's put eight minutes on the clock just for some parameters. We'll see how far we go here. We're looking to go nine for nine. That's how the immaculate grid works. Anything less than nine for nine is not immaculate. Ooh, some legacy franchises here. I like this. I like these franchises. So we're going to go. We're looking for, let's see here, a uh, Philly who was a pirate, a Philly who was a White Sox, and a Philly who was a Silver Slugger, which I believe started in like 1980. We're looking for a Guardian who was a pirate, a Guardian who was a White Sox, and a Guardian who was a Silver Slugger, and then a Ranger who was a pirate, a Ranger who was a White Sox, and a Ranger who was a Silver Slugger. Eight minutes on the clock. And away 
we go. So Burt Blylevin works for Pirate and Guardian or Pirate and Ranger, whichever one you want to pick. If we can start with twins, I mean, you know. Jim Cott works for Phillies and White Sox. Let's do that. Let's do. That's an obscure one, right? Billy Philly White, White Sox. Sox. Jim Cott. Jim Cott played for a. He has an immaculate grid. God. Two percent or less. One. One percent. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. What about the Bla- the Burt ones? He said Burt for uh, these two squares: Guardians and Pirates, or Rangers and Pirates. Yes, he played for the Pirates. He he went from the Twins to the Rangers to the Pirates to Cleveland. Let's put let's put his name on. on we can, so we can use one him. You want to use. Uh, a White Sox who was a Ranger, Harold Baines. He's a Hall yeah. of Famer. Pierzynski. Yeah. AJ Pierzynski. is. Let's do it. He's been on here. Another a lot, guy dude. that's really good to use on the grid. 3%. 6%. Six. That'll do. We'll take that. Okay. Uh, the Silver Sluggers are going to be harder to get rarity scores on. Sox and, Sox and Cleveland. Albert Bell, right? Albert Bell. Baltimore to the White Sox, right? Tommy. But that's going to be high. Yeah, that, that's going to be high because he was good also, with both those teams. And you can also Tommy's available on three, uh, three of these squares. Yep, Philly. Well, Philly's White Sox, Philly's Silver Slugger. And well, no, he wouldn't have been a Philly Silver. No. Maybe he was a Philly. I think Silver he was, but was we he? can put it Cleveland. in the back pocket. The, the actually the Cleveland Silver Slugger might be pretty low for Jim Tommy. I was thinking Cleveland's even, uh, had a few. Manny Ramirez yeah. for that one because people forget about Manny on the Guardians. Man Ram for sure. Oh. He was great there. Mm-hmm. I once watched Manny Ramirez. Uh, get thrown out on the base paths twice in one game. Like, just forgot how many outs there were one time, like, as a rookie when I was at a game with my dad at the Metrodome. Didn't just running around. He thought he thought there was an inning that ended one time, and so he just, like, trotted around second base and took his helmet off. Awesome. It's like, that no, there's only out? one out, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's so Manny. Uh, did Rich Hill... Okay. He played for the Pirates yep. this year, right? Yep. got traded to San Diego. And they, and- and, and then uh, did he play for the Texas for sure, right? Did he play for Texas? Thought so. That, but that's where like Burt Blylevin would be. Okay, well, pretty that's, rare. That's right? where if we can use one of like Burt's going to be rare, I think for probably either of these. But if we mm-hmm. had another answer in our ammo, ammo that we could use well, Pittsburgh, for the other one, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, you got Carlos Santana, but that's not going to be, be rare. High. That's going to be very high. Um, what former twin played for Pittsburgh and? Like a Cleveland besides Blylevin. I'll give you an old school. Oh boy, an old school White Sox Indian. Okay, White Sox Shoeless Joe Jackson. Shoeless Joe Jackson played mm-hmm. for both of those franchises nice. back like a hundred years ago. Nice, Phil. Very nice. Two. I can get you with the old school ones. That's I, a real. I have major major gaps in my. Uh, that's good. That, that's my great. like early two thousand. What a pull! But... What a pull! Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. Are there any other? Did Matt Lawton play for oh, Pittsburgh? Ooh. Ooh. He played for Cleveland, Cleveland? I know, and, and but he played for the Mets because the Mets? the Rick Reed trade. Where did he go? He went to Cleveland after the Twins. I right? thought he bounced around, but I think he was in. The... But I don't. I'm not going to swear to this. Hmm. Hmm. That feels right. Morno, Morno oh. didn't play. Oh, uh, well, pirate. But. Uh, McCutcheon would be a pirate Philly, but that's going to be a big one. Very high. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um, who was that guy? Uh, 
Steve Pierce. Remember him? He was a twin. He was with the twins. First Steve Pierce, right? So he came up with the Pirates. Okay. Did he also play for the Guardians slash Indians? I feel like he did. You might be right. I I, I can't uh, swear to that uh, one. I might be wrong on that though. Okay. We can. Uh, let's deploy Bert. We should deploy Bert here just to get a square. All right. What Trini thinks rare, Judd. I think the the text, text the Rangers and the Pirates. Yeah. It's right. Interleague. That's and and it's the oldest because he went Twins, Texas, Pittsburgh, and pitched yeah. on the World Series team. Three percent. Okay. That's a boy. Rick Albert, July 11. Okay, so he's gone. Uh, we could deploy Tommy if we feel like... Pirate and guardian? The, what? Well, Tommy wasn't a pirate. Yeah. He was a Philly. Or Philly, I'm sorry. It would be a silver slugger. Do we think he was a silver slugger uh, guardian? I mean, Manny Ramirez was probably a silver Manny, slugger. I think even Sizemore. Oh, yeah. Grady? That's a great Dude, that's a great one. Sizemore? Let's do that one. Yeah, like he was like an MVP candidate, right? Yeah. Oh, he's Couple great. Times. He, five percent. Nice. nice. Texas Juan Gonzalez Pudge, I'm sure was a silver slugger, right? I think uh, Tex. Yep. Mark Teixeira. Mark Teixeira. I'm trying to think old too. Alfonso Soriano, maybe even after the Yankees. When did it start, Phil? Like you know early when? '80s. Late. I'll I'll look it up here. We can look up. Okay. When did Silver Slugger start? It was like late 70s, early 80s. All right. 1980. 1980. Nice call. Okay. Yeah, I think, well, we have a good amount of guys. We have a good amount of people there. It's just who we want to pick. Um, I think Wangan, Tex, or Soriano are the better ones. I think Pudge might be a little high. Sometimes people forget about Juan Gonzalez, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um... What about, uh, did Hank Blaylock <laughs> obscurely win? He had, like, a couple big seasons. I'm trying to think. Palmero. Uh, rare, like, rarity score. Uh, Palmero. Palmero at first base for them. DH. Oh, we could, the safe play would be Juan Gonzalez. He won an yeah. MVP, for God's sakes. Yep. So. All right. There you it's go. probably going to be like 15%. Nailed wow. It. <laughs> 50%, yeah. Wow. I'm better at yeah. guessing the percentage of the... <laughs> You're working for them. That's why you get all upset when I rip the Immaculate Courage. You're working for them. You know. <laughs> um. So, Rollins, Utley, yep. Bobby yep. Abreu. Roland. Roland. I still say Tommy. He played first base for the Phillies. Roland might be really but he good played at late. Ryan Howard. Would, would he have won a silver slugger Mike after... Schmidt. Mike, Mike Schmidt. Schmidt. Mike Schmidt? Is that going to be too popular, though? Oh. He's like, isn't he like the most popular Philly of all time? Yeah. One of them. I mean, this is hard, though, because it's going to be, po- I mean, Lenny Dykstra? it's hard to find a 5% or like Sizemore. I don't remember. I, don't I think Abreu might be the rarer one there, then. Okay. Bobby Abreu? Bobby Abreu. Darren Dalton ever win one as a catcher? Probably. I mean, again, because so he, he was in. The '90s, so that that would make let's sense. Go, let's go, Bobby Abreu. Okay, that's one of those names that people just kind of forget about. It's probably I'm going to guess the percentage. Well, I was going to say eight percent, three percent, three percent. Nice, <laughs> nice. What a happy guy he was too. Okay, um, we got two squares left. Okay, we're looking okay. for a pirate who was okay. a Philly and a pirate who was a Gardo. Uh, did uh, who was that first baseman? Um, uh, Pedro Alvarez. Did he play? He didn't he play for the Guardians for a minute? Pedro Alvarez. 
He was a he was a Pirates first base. You got me. Like third baseman first. Base. Oh, what? Who, who's the guy that got traded this year? Who was a Pirate and Guardian? Was it uh, Bell? Josh Bell? Oh, Josh Bell, definitely a Pirate. Yeah, he was a Pirate and a Guardian. And then he got traded to Miami, right? Might be high because he's active, but do we want to try it. So we know we can there. just we we know we can win with Josh Bell and Andrew McCutcheon on both these squares and be done. So now it's just kind of how much do did, you want to chase a rarity did, store? Did Kenny Lofton go to Pittsburgh? I don't, I don't remember. No, I don't remember. I don't okay. think I he don't, did. I don't Atlanta, right? Cleveland for sure. Atlanta. Did Niger Morgan play for oh. the Indians? Oh boy, dude, I love that guy. I think he did. He was Brewers. That would Pirates. be a pull. Do you want to do it? Did he play for the Guardians? I, I, Rajai, I Ra- risk I'm it. trying to think of these like speedster fourth I outfielders. Like, like Rajai, Rajai Davis played for the Guardians. Yeah. Yep. Niger Morgan. Do we try it? We get cocky. It, it's I'll, up to Phil. I'll, I'll, he only, I'm very he threw 50, the name out. This. Very like, like we can win. We can win. I'll, there you go. Cocky, do you want to go? We can. All I'm saying before you pull the trigger is we can win. We can win. Let's try it. Point four. Yes! Yo! <laughs> wow, what a pull. What a pull. Oh, boy. Um, so we're at 20, 26, 29, 31. We're sitting on like a 35 rarity score right now, boys. If we could get a really obscure did, um, pirate who was a Philly. Okay, pitchers. Did, did, a, yeah, I, uh, did AJ Burnett, he was a pirate. Oh, yeah. And a Yankee. He was a Philly. Wasn't he a Philly? And I believe a J. He was a Marlin. He started Mar- off as a Marlin. He, I mean, he might be an Edwin Jackson guy. Um, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Oh, this is. Tough. I'm trying to think. I, a couple oh. twins just flashed into my oh, head. Got it. Uh, Doug Mankiewicz didn't play for the Phillies, did he? No. That was only Pirates. No, no Pirates. Um, There's got to be twins. There's got to be twins. Uh, Liriano never played for the no, Phillies. Okay, what saw. twins have played for the Phillies? Did John? Did John Smiley? Did John Smiley bounce to the Phillies? Nishek. Smiley was A's, Pirates, Twins, Reds. Yeah. Eric Milton was Ooh. not Pirates. I think he. I think did he Pat might have, Mears play for the uh, Phillies. He played for the Pirates. No, I don't think he did. So we have Burnett in the pocket. Okay, I'm trying to think. Like of, Jeff Rebelay played for the uh, Pirates. Ooh, Did he play for the Phillies? That's a good one. Al Newman never played for either team, but he'd be a perfect <laughs> immaculate grid guy. Um, See, McCutcheon Tom, just Tommy Herr was went was traded to the Phillies, but I don't think he ever went to the Pirates. I'm just trying to think of former. The twins. Pirates are tough because like most, mo- they're mostly just a feeder for all the other teams. Yes, and guys bounce through <laughs> yeah. there really quickly sometimes. Yeah. They'll just they'll just be like there to resurrect their career or to end it, and then they'll move somewhere else. All right, pick one. Can I try AJ? That sounds right, dude. Uh, okay. And that would be more obscure than Andrew McCutcheon. I th- I'm I'm going to back Declan on this. Okay. AJ right. Burnett for it. the win. Here we go. For the win. Yes. yes. There we go. And it's what is it? Five percent. Way to go. Six percent. Nice. Five percent, boys. Nice work. That's that might be our best grid. That's pretty good. Nice pretty, work. A 41 rarity score. I think we had a 30-something before, but yeah. that's pretty good. That's one of our best scores. John Smiley. Yeah, McCutcheon was the top at 43. Ryan Howard, Jose Ramirez, Josh Hamilton, Elvis Andrus, Jim Tomey, Carlos Santana, Neftali Feliz. That's a great one. 
Only nine though. What's that? Awesome. Only nine percent on Pirates. The most pop- popular Pirates yeah. Ranger is only nine percent. So that goes to show there's only 118 uh, of them. Yeah. I'm just real quick here, curious. Did Hank Blaylock win a Silver Slugger? Let's see oh, here. Hank Blaylock, because that would have been a freaking pull. Uh, no, but he did get MVP votes in 2004. <laughs> hmm. He definitely got MVP votes, and he was an All Star. So remember that one for for later down the road. All right, boys. That's the Agreed. last Scornar Twin show we do until Twins Ventline after the first, right? I mean, I don't think we're going to pump one tomorrow morning for a 3 o'clock game. So this is it, man. This is your preview show mm-hmm. right here. It's good stuff. Let's fire this right up. On. Ready? Let's go. All you nervous, so anxious nervous Twins right fans, now. lean Declan! into the uncomfortableness. Let's X. go. Leave me alone. We just want the Twins to win a playoff game for or, the first time in right. 18 tries. They will try again tomorrow at Target Field. We'll be on the Scornorth YouTube channel right after it finishes.